Vega Mortgages. Escape high rates and embrace your financial freedom today. On the huddle with us this evening, we have Trish Sherson of Sherson Willis and Josie Pagani, political commentator. Hello, you two. Hello. Hello. Trish, how bad is Kitty Allen's situation? It's a disaster. Uh, it's a di- disaster for, for Labour. Um, they have not only lost the election, in my view, because of this. Uh, in the past five months, I've also lost the future of Labour for quite some time. So think about uh, Michael Wood, who had to resign. Kitty Allen both picked as future leaders. Um, you know, the, the way to sort of characterise what's happened in the last 24 hours is that, you know, the wheels had already fallen off Labour's bus and now the spare tyre has bounced out the back as well. Why is this the thing, Trish, for you that has lost them the election? Because it comes as uh, number four in a series of uh, very bad ministerial behaviour that has caused them to resign. Uh, So it means a couple of things. One is uh, there are a number of key portfolios that are now basically unmanned Mm. through until the 14th of October. Uh, It means that Labour have lost all momentum. Uh, And it means that it it makes it even harder for them on the campaign trail now to claim any sort of credibility, because not only do they not have a track record of delivery to campaign on, uh, they also don't have any talent in Cabinet to be able to to campaign on. Yeah. Josie, what do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, the week that the Labour Party announced its law and order policy ended with a shooting and the Minister of Justice being arrested. I'm not. I'm not sure it gets any worse than that. I mean, it's just awful. So I don't think that they can come back from this. It's really going to be an absolute miracle if Chris Atkins can turn it around. And and Trisha's right. It plays into a couple of um, narratives. One is that they can't deliver. That there's an that there's a very shallow talent of competency on that front bench. Um, and where do you go if that front bench goes? And that front bench is gone. I mean, yeah, Michael Wood, Stuart Nash, Kitty Allen, mm. uh, and so on. Um, the other thing I think it plays into is just this narrative that, that they're not very good at managing staff. So you look back to the Gaurav Sharma uh, scandal, that, that should have been managed long before it ever hit the media and hit the press. Same with this. I mean, mm. I think I think Chippy's tried to manage this. He's, he's surrounded her with a counsellor. He's tried to sort of put her back. In, you know, she wanted to come back to work. He's let her come back to work. I think people feel like Jacinda Ardern just left these unexploded bombs in that cabinet and that caucus that have just gone off under Chippy's watch. So some yeah. people, I think, will feel sorry for him, but that's not a great winning strategy, is it? No, and, and, and here's the thing, Trish. I feel sorry for him, but only to a point. Because when Kitty Allen first became a problem for him, we said this on the show. We said on this very show, he's got to let her go now because if he doesn't get rid of her now, she's going to be a problem in the weeks to come and bang, there we go, right? She's done this. So how much does this dent his own credibility that he's made such a bad judgment call yet again? Because the same thing happened with Stuart Nash, gave him a chance, blew it up. Michael Wood gave him a chance, blew it up, and now this. You know, this is a a massive, in my view, uh, also indictment on Hipkins' leadership. Yeah. Uh, Because, you know, yes, you can say, oh, look, it's shame for him. All these skeletons have come rattling out of the uh, the closet under his watch. He is the Prime Minister. He has made the calls on the way through Kitty Allen. And today he looked, first of all this morning, he looked uh, shocked, absolutely shocked. And and then by this afternoon, he looked grumpy and rattled. Mm. Uh, And then, so you've got a, uh, his leadership is now, I think, on very shaky ground. The other issue for uh, the Labour 
Labour caucus is there were already 22 MPs staring down the barrel of losing their jobs at the election based on current polling. This is only going to destabilise that um, yes. sort of shaky rump e- even further. So you've got a leader who's absolutely struggling with a caucus now that will be in turmoil. It's a it's a really bad recipe to then take it out onto the campaign trail. Josie, make a prediction for me. What do you reckon happens? I mean, because Trisha's hit something quite interesting there, which is that if you know now that you're going to lose, um, almost certainly, if you've still got an agenda that you want to get into, if you've still got some reform that you want to get into, and I'm thinking of the Māori caucus here, what do you do? What's, what's, <laughs> maybe, your, what's your prediction about behaviour from here on? Yeah, I mean, maybe Chris Hipkins has to run as an independent by himself and just ditch <laughs> the entire um, cabinet and party. Um, I mean, I think that, you know, the, the winning formula that Chris Hipkins had when he first came into leadership was, you know, bread and butter issues. So, you know, my advice to him now would be, you know, the only hope they've got is going to be really hard, um, a relentless focus on bread and butter issues, which means jettisoning the Michael Wood pet projects like Auckland Light Rail, um, Megan Wood's pet project. It's not um, going to save them, Josie. It's too late. Well, it's not, it may not, but they, what have they got? I mean, either they just, you know, say, well, we're going on holiday for the next um, two months, or yeah, they do think something. about this, Josie. That's the think, only thing they can do. Think about this, right? So you, you're, let's say, Willie Jackson, right? And I apologise to Willie Jackson for using him as an example, but let's say you're Willie Jackson. You've been told mm. to swallow some dead rats and put some of your agenda stuff, your, your Māori reform, on the back burner in the hope of winning the election. You now know, because you've been around a long time, you're not going to win the election. Do you bring that stuff forward and start pushing hard? I would sit down with uh, that that cabinet and the Labour Party caucus and say, um, if, if you if you guys want to be back in Parliament, let alone in government, you've got to do it my way or the highway. And here's what we're going to do: we're only going to focus on cost of living stuff, yeah. inflation, policies that actually make a difference to people's lives. We're going to do the things that voters say are the things. And nothing else. Okay. And you've got a problem with that, leave now. The, yeah, the, the issue I think, though, through all of this is, you know, Labour said, yes, we're going to deal with the bread and butter. In fact, what we've learned through where the, what the tax policies they were exploring before the budget is they just wanted to leave us with the crumbs. Uh, and, you know, how on earth are they going to campaign on major issues like cost of living, but in particular law and order? How are they going to campaign on that with a junior minister in Ginny Anderson who is already flailing around in police and now they've given her the justice portfolio. I mean, the only time prior to that that happened was when Annette King held both those portfolios in Clark's government. Annette King was one of the most experienced politicians and ministers, uh, you know, in that cabinet. This is a totally different story. Right, you're back with a huddle and we've got Josie Pagani and Trish Sherson. And Josie, the Bar Association reckons that we mustn't criticise the judges because it's dangerous. What do you think? This is a terrible position, Heather. Of course we should criticise judges. They've got jobs for life. We've got no other way. I mean, there are uh, formal ways of holding them accountable through the bar. But, I mean, this this, this idea that media and the public can't criticise judges is really bad. Yeah. Um, it's only a social convention. The, the, the convention and the, the separation of powers between politicians and judges, yep, that's absolutely right. You should not have judge, uh, politicians come out and criticise judges because then you're not, you know, then you're you're, you're um, getting in, in the way of the independence of the judiciary. But that's very different to us being able to say, hey, that 
that um, that ruling, that sentence was was really dodgy. And and also, I mean, look at it. I mean, sometimes miscourses of justice are found out because the public and the media go after something that wasn't quite right, and suddenly, you know, you have somebody, Peter Ellis, whoever, that you you have a, a miscourse of justice overturned. So yeah. of course we should be able to totally. criticise judges. And when no one is saying to get rid of home detention, but it's perfectly legitimate for us to be able to say this guy looks like he should not have been on home detention. Trish? Yeah, I I agree with Josie, and I think the important distinction here is for the nutters on social media, who who I suspect the Bar Association was trying to speak to, to say, hey, you know, it's absolutely improper for anyone to be uh, making threats. That That's just not part of the discourse. But I absolutely disagree with this, um, this idea that anybody is above... Um, uh, above um, being held accountable, be, being held accountable or, or having having literally their judgments questioned. Yeah. Uh, and I thought your point earlier was a very good one that the public via um, via the discourse in the media and and now through other channels is the way that laws are moved and changed because those voices are heard um, in, in in politics. And mm. you know, it, justice is is like any other public portfolio area. Um, it does and has to change over time because of the the wills and views of the people. Yeah, too right. Hey guys, we haven't got time for anything more. We spent such a long time talking about Kitty Allen, but it's probably justified. Thank you both. Really appreciate it. Trish Hurst and Joseph Bagani, our huddle this evening. For more from Heather Duplessis Allen Drive, listen live to News Talk ZB from 4 p.m. weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio. 90% of parenting is just thinking about when you can have a break. And when you do take a break, enjoy the Parenting Hangover podcast. They go together like a tutu and jandals. We've said from the get-go, we ain't parenting experts. No. But it's cool to hear, what is your neighbour doing? What do they say? A problem shared is a problem halved. Oh, that's good. Not that my children are problems, but I feel better talking about it. The Parenting Hangover with Clinton Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.